0: I see, you think uh, religion is for suckers and
1: easy marks and eh? mollycoddles,
0: huh? You think Jesus
1: was some kind of a sissy, eh? Jesus had guts! Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with a good mate of mine, Dave Martin, who's the Church Partnerships Coordinator for World Vision in Queensland. Now he's been all over the country, he's worked as a pastor uh, down in Devonport AOG, he's worked with AOG World Missions, he's uh, got quite an amazing story. Why don't we go back to the start, Um, uh, you uh, uh, weren't a Christian until about the age of 30, Uh, tell Mm. me um, what were you doing then and how did you become a Christian? That's uh, quite a long story in itself
0: there, I I was working in Sydney in the earth moving industry back then which was uh, quite an exciting place for me with all the big machines and and things like that, and I never had a um, Christian background at all in my family or anything like that, and I just was um, involved in the the drug and alcohol scene uh, and things like that with a friend of mine, and he became a Christian, so I watched his
1: life change for the better. And what happened to you? Did, did, uh, did you pray a prayer at a church or to call, or was it uh, in a home group? How, how did you come to Christ?
0: It was actually quite a long process, and the interesting thing for me, the start of it was uh, my friend Gerald used to um, have his Bible, and he used to pray in a sunroom that was in our flat not long after he became a Christian, and I walked past one day, and he'd left this sheet of paper on the table, and I know that it wasn't there for me. It was just his musing there. I saw the sentence, and so I turned the sheet of paper around, and I read these words, "'Praise the Lord, for he is great.'" Yeah. Something actually went in. I can't describe it other than the fact something touched me. Okay. And then did everyone notice the change in your life? Uh, Well, it actually took um, nine months of journey, so I call that my gestation period. Yeah. Where I had a a crisis of um, feeling suicidal, uh, wanting to give up life because I felt everything was useless, and right on the point of um, actually hopping over the side of a bridge where I was work this thing out. No one can get to me. I'm going to fall over the side of this bridge and it'll all be Okay. There, I just thought, this isn't the right thing to do, and um, I thought of Gerald's God. So I just cried out to God, God, I don't want to be like this. And wow. it started a, a long journey of questing, seeking God. Here's me trying to reach out to God, little realising that he, in fact, was reaching down from heaven for me.
1: Wow. And you had um, you know, some addictions at the time. Uh, how did you uh, get set free from them? Um, remarkably, um, I got set free from uh, drugs uh, at an
0: airport. Um, Just as I was leaving New Zealand, I'd been on holiday over there and I was coming back and a friend actually offered me some drugs and he said, you came in speeding, which I did, "um, you'll go out speeding. And I had this war of um, going on inside of me. One more time won't hurt. I've got to give this up because it's destroying my life. One more time won't hurt. And then I just felt, I, I can just describe it, it was like a surge of power and I said to him, no thanks, I'll never ever touch that stuff again. And it was like this, literally a snap wow. there. And looking back now, I know it was the Holy Spirit, whereas back then
1: I didn't realize it was just this kind of power thing I felt come through. Mm. Okay. Well, it's amazing what God's done with your life. You know, you ended up pastoring churches. You, you ended up being involved with uh, you know World Missions, mm. with AOG. Now you're on staff with World Vision. Now, I'm a big World Vision fan. Uh, I had a chance to interview uh, the CEO, Tim Costello. Uh, You know, famous for being the brother of Peter Costello um, (laughs) from the uh, Liberal Party in Australia. Uh, But Tim Costello, uh, you know, he shared some stories with me about the tsunami. I remember when the the big Boxing Day tsunami was on and World Vision was there on the ground helping with the cleanup. Yeah. Uh, You know, right now in East Africa, there's one of the worst crisis, uh, 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 you know, famines and droughts since the 80s. And World Vision is there. You know, uh, in 64 countries around the world, World Vision is Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. helping the poor helping the wounded, helping the the widow, the orphan. Um, You know, tell me, how did you get involved with World Vision and um, what's your passion uh, for being involved in World Vision?
0: Yeah, okay. Well, again, for me, I'd been involved with mission um, back with AOG World Missions with recruiting and deployment in that. And I've done a number of short-term journeys, visited over in India a number of times there in my time as a pastor And when I was in India, um, I was actually struck once um, just looking at the poverty that was there and comparing it to my own family there, and I was actually struck with the fact that these people are actually locked into systematic um, poverty. And with my missional heart, I'd actually want to engage both community here and church and do something with um, poverty internationally. So World Vision became a, a wonderful fit, and it was just a me spotting a job in an advertisement just over four years ago, applying for it, and the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. So I've been with them for four years and really enjoying it.
1: Ah, now, um, for those who don't know much about World Vision, it was started by a, a pastor in Korea. Tell us the story. Yeah, Bob Pierce
0: was um, a pastor who um, served with the army, American army, uh, there, and um, he, he just had a simple thing, and this is, this is the amazing thing about um, how God works through people, is that Bob just simply saw widows and children and made a promise to send some money over. And um, I think this is going back in the late 50s, back the time of the Korean War. And so he started up uh, World Vision from there of just sending some money over. And the whole child sponsorship model, as I understand it, has actually developed from that. And when you think about that in terms of God giving you a seed idea, moving you to compassion to do something about a need, it's amazing what he'll actually grow from it, which you may never have had in the mind when you started it. And uh, the, the outstanding prayer that Bob always prayed was, let my heart be broken by the things that break the heart of God. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the poverty and justice issues, particularly for women and children, um, there that's certainly stuff that breaks the heart of God.
1: Well, there you go. I mean, there's a history maker. You know, one mm-hmm. man who, uh, you know, I was just, just found a bit of a blog about him here. It says he traveled to China and Korea and he encountered people who regularly had to go without food, clothing, shelter, or medicine. Yeah. And uh, so he decided to... To start something, you know, mm. and now you know, sixty-four countries around the world. Um, I know there is a large focus on helping children, uh, and and on you know helping people that are impoverished. Um, and you know, there's just such a massive move. He also started Dumb Samaritan's Purse too. You just yep, told me that's wow, correct. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, what a history maker! It's amazing mm. what one person could do when they stand up and they uh, you know mm. accept the mm. call of God in their life. And he was like a fire starter that started a fire that <laughs> spread around the world. So. Just amazing. Now, um, uh, we did some work together uh, with uh, some churches in Brisbane recently. I was so impressed with the idea you came up with. I know it's been done in Adelaide. Other churches, uh, other communities have done it where, you know, we had an AOG church, our church in New Hope Brisbane, uh, and, a, and a Baptist church. We yeah. joined together mm-hmm. and uh, went down to the local Kelvin Grove Urban Village and put on a concert. Um, did some uh, so, you know some cooking demonstrations for the the local Muslim community and yeah. the Saudi Arabians down there. <laughs> um, we uh, had uh, some some you know uh, singer songwriters performing. We did some talks about mission trips and mm. and you know tell us about how, where this idea came from. Um, actually, getting the churches out into the community uh, to be Sultan light. Uh, mm. w- w- where did the idea come from? A lot of that's come from um, Adelaide, in particular, with um, our church partnerships manager down
0: there, Matt Anderson. And uh, Matt was talking with uh, a Baptist church and um, a Churches of Christ church out in the Blackwood Hills there. And the desire of those churches was to engage with their community um, around matters of compassionate cause stuff. And so they came up with the idea of um, let's do a famine village instead of just doing the 40-hour famine within the four walls of the church. Let's engage our community. And that's actually in its third or fourth year down there now. And it's really a major growing thing because it involves the local mayor. It involves schools, it involves business down there, and it facilitates the church people to be able to get out and engage the community, build relationship around the things that we're talking about, the poverty and justice issues. And it's quite phenomenal seeing that as a movement and exciting to be able to see that as a way of helping um, churches of different with different shingles be able to work together to show a united front with engaging the community. So very exciting.
1: And I love the idea behind it too because uh, World Vision really does have credibility. Um, you know, there's ads on TV. Uh, Tim Costello is well known. So if you put the brand name World Vision out in the community, mm. people go, oh, yeah, we know who that is. We'll, mm. we'll partner with it. Um, whereas a lot of people can be suspect of churches and, and there can be an automatic barrier that comes up between an average Aussie and, and uh someone from a church, but if it's yeah. from World Vision, you know. So I remember that was one of the strategies that we used. It was a World Vision event and there was a few churches putting it on um as a way of bridging the gap between the church and the community. Um such a great idea. And I remember doing the World Vision when I was a kid, uh <laughs> starving myself, eating barley sugars. Uh, we actually had a lock-in at our Wesleyan mm. Methodist Church mm. I, was a, I was a youth leader at, and we locked the kids in there for 40 hours and had a sleepover, mm. and it finished Sunday lunchtime after church. Oh, it's good to have that barbecue, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, <I'll bet. laughs> so when's the 40-hour famine on every year?
0: Yeah, 40-hour famine usually happens on the third week of um, August there, so it'll be on from the 19th till the 21st of August this year. Mm-hmm. And the focus this year is on um, Timor, East Timor, uh, there, and it's really surprising when you see the information that's based on that because the, well, here we have this little country that's just 600 kilometres off our coast and they experience every year for most of the people in the country what they call the hungry season. And when our people went over there, the ambassadors, uh, youth ambassadors to do the series and film for the 40-hour famine this year, the, the people over there were asking, well, when is the hungry season in Australia?
1: And for us, of course, well, we don't experience that. Wow, wow. That's a a big call. And, you know, World Vision uh, does ministry in Australia as well. Um, What's the particular focus in Australia that World Vision uh, works with? Well, we're we're just um, developing a new Indigenous
0: program because um, while I can't give too much detail away, the government of the country is starting to look at the development work that's been done internationally and say, well, maybe we need to do more of that kind of approach with Indigenous Great. affairs, wonderful, which is exciting. And um, I know that we do have programs out in um, central Australia and up at Mapuna northern Queensland. Mm. And uh, another thing which is really, really exciting for us is that um, we're getting the a new Asia-Pacific National Office for engaging Asia-Pacific countries, and that'll be based in Brisbane, starting up at the beginning of next year, I believe.
1: One thing I've been very impressed with, I get the uh, World Vision magazine uh, at my church regularly, and um, I've seen Hugh Jackman on the cover. I've seen... Um, Rebecca Gibney, yep. and uh, I know Guy Sebastian has done mm. a trip before with World Vision. You guys are very good at um, harnessing uh, celebrities who have a heart for the poor and the needy and uh, and getting them involved. Mm. Um, uh, that's a great strategy, to particularly for the younger generation, because mm. you know, I think this younger generation really has a heart um, for social justice, and uh, it's such an important thing. Now, another thing you're involved with is the uh, Voices for Justice yes. uh, down at Canberra. You're going to be lobbying politicians and having a conference. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, that's one of the most um, exciting um, ways in which, I can put it this way, um, the prophetic voice of God speaking to the leaders of our nations through around 300 Christians who gather each year for a four-day conference in Canberra. And it's done through Micah Challenge. And It's one of the most exciting things I've ever encountered because, again, um, if you look at us as different agencies and things, there's world vision, there's compassion, there's characters, there's um, all the denominational, Baptist World Aid and so on. And we're all kind of doing our thing. But under Micah Challenge, when we step into Canberra there, we are no longer of those agencies. We are Micah Challenge. So that's this
1: wonderful place of unity. And for those who don't know what the Micah Challenge is, it's from the scripture Micah 6 verse 8, which says... It says to love... What
0: does God require of you? What does God require of us? Um, To walk justly, to act humbly, and to walk justly with God.
1: Oh, that's good. Now, walk humbly. Okay, so to act humbly. No, what is it to uh, to love God? To love God, <laughs> act justly, act and justly, and walk humbly with your God. That's it. <laughs> We're very good we'll at our there. Bible verses. <laughs> <laughs> well, the scriptures are meant to be shared with one another. It's not just for personal devotion. <laughs> That's good, and uh, I, I'm excited. Like I know one of the guys, Jared McKenna, who I follow mm. on Twitter and Facebook. He's very active out there. I actually mm. saw he, he was he was on stage with Bono in, at the Perth U2 concert. Yeah. He, he gets yeah. around, old Jared. So yeah, he's and he's, a, he's linked in with World Vision, and and uh, you know there'll be Tim Costello, mm-hmm. there'll be many um, different aid uh, organisations represented. Mm. And what will be the goal? Like I. I I know one of them is that the uh, Millennium Development Goals uh, are honoured in Australia. Um, What's the percentage that we're looking for? Foreign aid, uh, Australia has a certain percentage towards foreign aid and we want it to be increased? Yes, we certainly do. Um, We want it to go to
0: 0.7 of 1% of gross national income, which sounds like a minuscule figure there, and currently it's on about uh, 0.36 of 1% of gross national income. Yep. Our uh, Micah Challenge, and those that have been pushing forward Make Poverty History with the government. Well, we actually got $484 million added into the foreign aid budget, um, which Kevin Rudd, the foreign minister, was saying directly to us just a few weeks ago. The increase because of the advocacy of Christians coming down to parliament and sending in postcards, all the things that we do. If you ever fill out a postcard um, to be sent to a government and you wonder if it has an effect... Yes, it does. We've got $484 million extra this year. It doesn't go to us as aid agencies. It actually goes into the foreign aid budget. But we actually help steer that sort of stuff.
1: Now, I know you told me recently, you gave me some good advice. Like, if we want to make a change in Australia... Um, lobbying politicians, our local members, is an important thing. Now, I don't know if you'll get these exactly right, but give me a ballpark figure. So what's it worth to call your local member to talk about an issue? What's, how many votes is that worth to that local member? There,
0: there is a me- measure that they use that if someone actually will phone them up or send them a postcard on something, I think it's a, they see around about 16 other people who um, will think about that but wouldn't actually come and say it. And if you travel to um, Voices for Justice in Canberra, that's a measure of um, around about 250 who think like you do but uh, wouldn't actually go and do that. So they, they have these measures which show that uh, your voice actually has huge yeah. value in doing these
1: things. So the politicians actually have a scale. So if you if you send a letter or make a phone call, it's worth h- how many? It's, uh, 16. it's about 16. 16, 16 people. Yep. If you visit them in their office in their electorate, do you know how much that's yeah, worth? I think it's about one in twenty-five. That's about 20, worth yeah, about twenty-five yeah. votes. Yep. And if you visit them in Canberra, it's worth about it's 250. 250. So there you go. If you want to lobby your politicians about any issue at all, that's the secret code. <laughs> 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 Particularly, if you, so obviously going to Canberra um, really does represent hmm. um, a lot of votes, and you know. And I just think it's important that our you know the, the Christians. Uh, are a majority in Australia. Mm. You look at the statistics, most Aussies call themselves a Christian. And, um, Mm. you know, the values that we hold dear from the Bible are are important for the foundation of our nation. So lobby your politicians, call them, visit them in their office, visit them in Canberra if you can, and make your voice heard. That's (laughs) it.
0: Yep, it'll be fantastic. And Voices for Justice is from um, September 17th to
1: uh, 20th this year. It's over a weekend and then two days lobbying in Parliament. So it'll be a great time. Wonderful. Now, if people have been stirred today by uh, what you've shared, and you know, particularly your testimony. You know, you were you were a drug addict, you were uh, an alcoholic, you had uh, you know a lot of depression and suicidal thoughts. But when you came to Christ, um, all things were made new. You know? you know, you've been used to be a history maker, really, mm-hmm. to change a lot of lives around the world um, mm-hmm. because of that decision you made for Christ. For those that are listening that mightn't have made that decision, that might be thinking, you know, what I need to do that. It's time for me uh, to come to Christ. Would you speak to them about how they would do that? Yes,
0: certainly, and um, one of the things that um, I reflect on is the fact that God, when I was looking back at my time, I thought that I had to find God. In actual fact, God was reaching down to me, and I think one of the biggest and simplest things that you can do is to simply ask God every day when you get up, when you before you go to bed, God, will you reveal yourself to me? If you are genuine and you are true, reveal yourself to me, and God will do that. And the simple thing that I found when it came to a point of asking Jesus Christ into my life I was asking Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. I was asking him um, to take over and for his um, death on the cross to be something that would pay for the wrongdoing that I'd done in my life and to cover me for that. And I found that he did renew things. Does it make everything in your life easy? No, it doesn't. But it gives us, it give you a fresh life and a fresh start? It certainly does, and everything has
1: changed for me. Good on you, mate. That's good news. And if you would like to uh, contact David at all and, and uh, follow up on Um, any of the stuff he's talked about today you can go to the website worldvision.com.au and uh, just you know contact uh, the office there and and they can track down David Uh, he's the Queensland uh, Church Uh, what's your your title? Church Partnerships Manager Church Partnerships Manager you do a great job too and of course if you want to do the 40 hour famine or uh, get involved in any of the great work they do uh, mate, Oric and your History Maker, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. God bless you. If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com. And also, you can make a donation if you'd like. I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.